Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. sad day before coming on the air about an hour and a half ago I learned as you did about the passing of Ken Starr absolutely shocking um I knew Ken Starr he was a great patriot was a brilliant brilliant man he had a terrific sense of humor a man of deep faith and family he had a and wonderful wife and kids, and he will be missed. He appeared on Life, Liberty, and Levin several times. We asked for him about uh, four, five, six weeks ago, and we were told quietly that he wasn't doing great after surgery. Uh, I had no idea how bad it was, apparently. The last time he was on was May 15th of this year, just a few months ago. While we also discuss other subjects, I cannot allow the passing of a monumental patriot, a monumental legal mind. I cannot allow him and that to pass without acknowledging him. Here he was on Life, Liberty, and Levin just a few months ago. Cut 23, go. Welcome back, America. Our first guest really needs no introduction, but I'll give him one anyway, is Judge Ken Starr. He was a judge on the D.C. Court of Appeals. He was Solicitor General of the United States, Independent Counsel, one of the great legal minds in the country. Judge Starr, I have a question here. Have you ever seen anything like this in your life with a leak first draft with a political party encouraging protests at the homes of justices with 
at least early on, the Department of Justice taking literally no steps to protect these justices? What do you make of this? No, it's been one outrageous thing after another. The leak itself was, as Chief Justice Roberts said in his written statement, uh, an egregious breach. We all know that. Uh, and I have frankly been very disappointed that there hasn't been unanimity in the condemnation of the leak, as opposed to simply ignoring it. And then, yes, the protests uh, outside uh, the different homes, but especially Justice Alito's home, is really another outrage and one that just cries out for the government to use, for the federal government to use its enforcement power. You identified the law. It's a criminal law. It's been on the books for a long time, and it should be enforced. It should be faithfully enforced. What do you think would happen if the shoe was on the other foot? If there was a decision that conservatives, that MAGA, so forth, didn't like, and all of a sudden people started showing up at the homes of the more liberal justices, uh, harassing them, uh, trying to coerce a decision, and Kevin McCarthy comes out and says, I, I support these efforts because I want them to change their ultimate decision. What do you think mm -hmm. the reaction of the media would be? One of uh, condemnation, and rightly so. Uh, that is simply unacceptable. It is a form of mob rule when people take to the streets targeting a judge's home or a justice's home and essentially trying to intimidate them. That's the only natural consequence of what it is or the intent of these uh, individuals. So I think there would just be a sense of outrage. How dare these people do this? They're interfering with the orderly conduct of government. As I said, you were a federal appellate judge. You had conferences with your fellow judges, too, over writing opinions, who would write the opinion, sending drafts back and forth and so forth. Can you explain to the American people how bad this is that when somebody, perhaps a law clerk, we don't know yet, leaks a first draft of what is a majority opinion and the impact that has on the ability of judges to work together and the court? Because it's so unprecedented, it's almost impossible to predict the long-term consequences. But the short term is this. There will be now a lack of trust on the part of the court toward those who are working in the court. And it's so consequential because the judges depend on the confidentiality of one another to be able to speak freely, just as the president of the United States enjoys executive privilege, just as members of Congress enjoy the speech or debate privilege. There are privileges that are designed to do what? To protect the orderly and lawful functioning of government. This totally disrupts this. The train has left the tracks, and we need to do everything that we can, beginning with identifying this individual and bringing this person to justice. But we also need to know, and the Chief Justice has been reassuring in this respect, that this is not going to interfere with the work of the court. It will be steady as she goes, but it's incredibly disruptive and very destructive. You know, Judge Ken Starr, when you go back and you look at the confirmation process, starting with Robert Bork, the effort to intimidate would-be justices, uh, to destroy their character. These are preeminent legal scholars with tremendous careers behind them. Um, so if and when they get on the court, uh, by then, they hope they've been already coerced and so forth. This is something mm. that's been building for several decades, isn't it? 
Yes, the uh, board confirmation hearing set a new and incredibly low standard uh, of character assassination. That's exactly what happened there, uh, and it's happened time and time again. We had a brief reprieve with the justices uh, Ginsburg and Scalia enjoying essentially a quiet confirmation process, but the process erupted again with Justice Clarence Thomas. We saw it at its worst again with Justice Brett Kavanaugh. So we need a restoration of civility and kindness and decency in the process. Uh, but I don't hold out any hope whatsoever in light of what we have now seen uh, erupt in the wake of the uh, improper disclosure of the draft opinion. And the Democrats have the media supporting them. The media participates in these uh in these horrendous smear campaigns. And I just don't see how we get out of this. I don't think there's an exit ramp right now. Uh, it takes leadership. It takes the leadership, obviously, of both parties. But I agree with you. This has been very one-sided in terms of the nature and extent of the attacks, the very personal attacks and vilification. So it is very much in the hands of the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, the other members of the Senate, whoever's in control, to say, we need to set a tone of decency. And now the second part. Cut 24, go. Judge Ken Starr, we talk about Roe versus Wade and Casey, and yet the other evening the Democrats in the Senate voted in favor of abortion on demand right up to birth. Mm. Is that what mm. Roe and Casey say, that abortion on demand right up to birth is to be legalized throughout the country? Is that what they say? No, absolutely not. Uh, and in uh, your opening, you described correctly the original holding of Roe v. Wade and the core provisions of Roe v. Wade were then reaffirmed uh, 20 years later in Planned Parenthood versus Casey. And in that third trimester, the state can come in as it sees fit and essentially forbid abortion, save for the safety of the, the mother, the health of the mother. Whereas this proposed legislation, which happily did not pass uh, the Senate, would have opened the doors to abortion to the very last minute, as you rightly said. So that represents a very significant, I would say, a radical expansion of Roe versus Wade. You know, we've had a lot of lectures about the science the last few years when it comes to the virus, when it comes to masks, when it comes to vaccines, when it comes to shuttering, when it comes to our businesses, and on and on and on. Follow the science. That's what they tell us. Don't you find it interesting that not one of these so-called government scientists or college or university scientists, professors, have been asked, well, what exactly is the science when it comes to abortion? At one point, is that a baby? What does the science tell us? Isn't it interesting that we spend almost no time on that? It is. It's an enormous area that should have been discussed very fully uh, in the public debate. Happily, the Supreme Court had the benefit of a number of briefs that go into the science uh, of the, the child in the womb and how early the heartbeat at five weeks, uh, human features very early on, the ability to experience uh, pain uh, early on. Uh, the DNA is there from the very uh, outset. And so all these things have been made known to the court, and I think were helpful to at least the five-member majority in the draft opinion in saying, we need to right this constitutional wrong, informed by the science, but to essentially, which is what the draft opinion does, return this issue, as you said in the opening, to we the people 
people for debate and discussion just as we handle other very sensitive issues. Very sensitive issues such as the right to die, physician-assisted suicide and the like. And the Supreme Court has been clear to say, just let the debate unfold and let we the people, within limits of reason, decide for themselves what the policy is of their particular state. It's interesting, Ruth Bader Ginsburg said virtually the same thing in 1992 uh, when she was interviewed for the Columbia Law Review. Let me ask you something about stare decisis or precedent. Just a yes or no answer. Was Dred Scott good law? <laughs> no. <laughs> was Plessy versus Ferguson good law? No. Was Korematsu good law? No. Slavery, segregation, and the internment of Japanese-Americans, innocent, didn't commit any offenses. Three Supreme Court decisions, all of which have been effectively overturned. Isn't that correct, sir? Correct. Infamous decisions that it took the court a long time to correct, but at least the court eventually did it. And in one of the footnotes in the draft opinion, Justice Alito, the author, points to some 25 cases where the court has overruled its prior precedent, and indeed there are over 150 such examples. So the court has a duty to get it right and to overrule that which it believes is wrong. So an argument that Roe has been in place for 49 years, isn't that effective if Roe is not constitutionally based like these other decisions? And I might add this, the Supreme Court decision in my view was quite modest. They didn't take a position on abortion. They said, that's not our job. There's nothing in the federal constitution. And so they basically said, hands off. And somehow that is a radical decision attacking women's rights. Every single woman in America is having her rights attacked. What do you make of that? Well, there has been a terrible distortion of what uh, the court, or at least the draft opinions, says. It is a restoration. It is saying we were wrong in Roe v. Wade to take this issue out of the cauldron of debate. That's what Ruth Bader Ginsburg said in 1992. And now the Supreme Court is saying, let's allow the debate to go forward, which is the way it should have been all the way along. Mm -hmm. And effectively, the Democrats demonstrated the other day in the Senate that they don't believe in Roe v. Wade either, and they don't believe in Casey either. They believe in the most radical form of abortion on the planet, on the face of the earth, that you can abort a viable baby, a human being, right up to the last second. Ken Starr, I want to thank you very, very much for your contribution to this country over the decades and for coming on tonight. God bless you, sir. Mark, God bless you. And I'm back live, and um, I always looked up to Ken Starr. Very decent, thoughtful, rational person. Even when he was under vicious attack, as the left is wont to do, stood firm on his principles, didn't buckle, and uh, just enormously thoughtful, a truly gifted mind, Committed to this country, absolutely committed to this country. He served as the solicitor. He served as a federal appellate judge. He could have had that job the rest of his life. And boy, would he have been a fantastic Supreme Court justice. And there are certain people the country will miss. And I believe Ken Starr is certainly one of them. Certainly one of them.
was a good man. May he rest in peace. And may his family find peace. I'll be right back. Lovin. Folks, back in the good old days, we Americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve the country we love. Too often today, we find ourselves arguing about whether our country is great or not, about whether we should love America or be ashamed of it. The reason for this is simple. For too many years, too many of our schools have been neglecting to teach young Americans about America's great heritage of liberty, presenting them instead with dishonest narratives of America as fundamentally unjust and racist. Hillsdale College is weighing in for America by offering free online courses such as The Great American Story, A Land of Hope, and Constitution 101, The Meaning and History of the Constitution. As we get closer to Constitution Day, September 17th, I encourage all of you to enroll in one of these wonderful free courses from Hillsdale. Begin your free Hillsdale College course today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. The show must go on. The show must go on. You know, it's like Patton said in my favorite movie, Patton, in that speech at the beginning, glory is fleeting. Glory is fleeting. I've always kept, (coughs) I've always kept myself uh, with as much, or viewed myself with as much humility as possible. I really do. It's how I live my life. I'll run around patting myself on the back or trying to draw attention to myself. And that was Ken Starr. He's a very modest man, enormously decent, very kind. And um, and his family will never move on, but the nation moves on. But we benefit greatly. You know, God knows why we're born here in the United States of America, but we are so thoroughly blessed. And most of us know it, but those who don't are really disgraceful. They're disgraceful. Not only what they do to their own lives, that's up to them, but what they do to everybody else's life or the, or the people they reach. And uh, Star led a a fantastic life. When we come back, the economy. I'll be right back. Folks, back in the good old days, we Americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve the country we love. Too often today, we find ourselves arguing about whether our country is great or not, about whether we should love America or be ashamed of it. The reason for this is simple. For too many years, too many of our schools have been neglecting to teach young Americans about America's great heritage of liberty, presenting them instead with dishonest narratives of America as fundamentally unjust and racist. Hillsdale College is weighing in for America by offering free online courses such as The Great American Story, A Land of Hope, and Constitution 101, The Meaning and History of the Constitution. As we get closer to Constitution Day, September 17th, I encourage all of you to enroll in one of these wonderful free courses from Hillsdale. Begin your free Hillsdale College course today 
at levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. Yes, it's true that Mark Levin is the fastest-growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin Show is on at 877-381-3811. You know, folks, it's perfect. Over the White House, Joe Biden and the Democrats, the Democrats who are now telling you they don't want to campaign with Joe Biden, Every one of which, every one of which, voted for this phony Inflation Reduction Act, $800 billion. On top of the student loan giveaway up to a trillion dollars, according to University of Pennsylvania. They're having a party there as I speak. They're celebrating what they did. They're praising themselves. And Joe Biden today, I'll play some of it if we have time, praising himself, talking about how he's tamed inflation. More to do, of course, how he's tamed inflation, how he's the first to control big pharma. And by the way, those price caps don't even kick in for four years, but he's trained He's, uh, he claims that he's controlled now Big Pharma. And of course, what this means is, after the next three, four, five years, when new medicines are, are to come out on cancer and so forth, new medicines won't be coming out after that period of time. But they are celebrating. I just want you to know, And this is what I meant the other day when I was on with my buddy Bongino on his show Saturday. I said, this is like Animal Farm. And at the end of the book, the pigs at the table are the Democrats. It's not hard to spend money, ladies and gentlemen. It's not hard to go into debt. And spending money and printing money and going into debt is what causes inflation. Not trade unions, not businesses, not consumers, not the American people, your government. It's very simple. There's nothing complicated about it. When you spend like this, you create inflation. When you keep spending like this, you create stagflation. And if it keeps up, you create a depression. The Federal Reserve is trying to control the flow of money from a monetary position. You have monetary and fiscal. From a monetary position. It can't keep up with the record spending that's taking place in the Democrat-controlled Congress with Joe Biden as president. It can't keep up. On September 21... Or soon thereafter, it's going to raise interest rates by another three-quarters of a point or a full point. And it's probably going to do this three more times this year, driving up the cost of money because the Democrats keep printing it. And as I explained months ago, you have the monetary side, the Federal Reserve trying to control 
the inflation rate. You have the fiscal side, Congress and Biden, who keep printing money and spending and creating debt. This is a big deal. So tonight, they're having a party over at the White House. Democrats, Democrat staffers, White House staffers, the president. I call them the let them eat cake Democrats. They're very happy with themselves. Why? Because more and more power comes into Washington. More and more control over the private sector. More and more control over your lives. But you're paying a price for these so-called freebies. This is a massive tax increase across the board that affects everybody. Regardless of who you are, regardless if you're a part-time, full-time worker, if you're a small businessman, big businessman, it doesn't matter what you earn. Over at CNSNews.com, Terry Jeffrey, the Consumer Price Index report released today by BLS, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, showed that prices on all items in the United States increased by 8.3% from August 2021 to August 2022, with the price of gasoline rising 25.6%, the price of electricity rising 15.8%, and the price of food rising 11.4%. The report indicated that the 11.4% year-to-year increase in the price of food was the highest in 43 years. All of this was avoidable. All of this was man-made. All of this was done by the Democrats. The food index continued to rise, increasing 0.8% over the month, one month to the next. As the food at home index rose 0.7%, said the report, the food index increased 11.4% over the last year, the largest 12-month increase since May 1979 when Jimmy Carter was president. Overall, the price increases from August to August were slightly less than the increases from July to July. The all-items index increased 8.3% versus 8.5%, but they were supposed to go down a lot. Now, why? Because the price of gasoline went down. So what gives? The price of everything else is going up. The price of fuel, August 2021 to 2022, is up 68.8%. Other motor fuels, 53%. Eggs, up 40%. Margarine, up 40%. Airline fares, up 35%. Utility pipe gas, like natural gas, up 33%. Milk, up 17%. Chicken, up 17%. Bread, up 16%. Potatoes, up 15.2%. Rice, up 13%. The single biggest year-to-year price increase was for fuel oil. Fuel oil, which increased almost 70%. The second, other motor fuels, which increased 53%. The third, eggs, 
which increased almost 40%. The fourth, margarine, up 40%. The fifth, airline fares, because of fuel prices, up over 33%, 33.4%. The sixth, for utility pipe gas service, increased 33% year over year. The price of bread jumped 16.2%. And you know, chicken, potatoes, rice. Price of baby food jumped 12.6%. This is not due to employers or executives making millions. This is not due to trade unions. This is not due to consumers like you. Washington did this. The government did this. That is, the Democrats did this. And they're having a Roman-like party at the White House. Filling their faces with food at your expense. With booze at your, your expense. Cake. The let them eat cake crowd. I don't know what it's going to take to have our overwhelming victory in November. I don't know what it's going to take. Everything that's going up should be coming down, and everything that's going down should be going up. I don't know what it's going to take. Everything you look at is in extremis. Everything. Inflation. Recession, I say it's stagflation. I've been right all along. The border, what's happening to communities in this country, law enforcement is overwhelmed with the open border. School districts are overwhelmed. Hospitals are overwhelmed. And even more. And the language that comes out of the Democrat Party and Joe Biden trashing, they're not trashing half the country, they're trashing two-thirds of the people. Not that two-thirds of the people voted for Donald Trump, but two-thirds of the people did not vote for Joe Biden. He's trashing anybody who disagrees with him. That's what he's doing. You're fascists if you don't agree with him. And yet, who's the real fascist with the executive orders? And look at them, the Democrat Party. At the White House. Having a grand old time. While so many of you have to make ends meet. I heard it said today, for the average family, you're losing almost $500 a month. That is, you're, you're paying almost $500 a month more. More than you otherwise would be paying. That's a lot of money for a lot of families in America. And there's your tax. There's your tax. The Democrat Party tax. But the party's happy because the party's more powerful. Because they're going to hire their almost 90,000 IRS agents. They're doing everything they want to do and everything they can do to empower themselves in the time that they have left. 
You must crush them in November at the ballot box. If you have early voting, you must crush them. They're destroying our classrooms. They're destroying citizenship. They're destroying our currency. They're destroying our Constitution. And destroying your way of life. If you don't stop them at the ballot box, there's no stopping them. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, back in the good old days, we Americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve the country we love. Too often today, we find ourselves arguing about whether our country is great or not, about whether we should love America or be ashamed of it. The reason for this is simple. For too many years, too many of our schools have been neglecting to teach young Americans about America's great heritage of liberty, presenting them instead with dishonest narratives of America as fundamentally unjust and racist. Hillsdale College is weighing in for America by offering free online courses such as The Great American Story, A Land of Hope, and Constitution 101, The Meaning and History of the Constitution. As we get closer to Constitution Day, September 17th, I encourage all of you to enroll in one of these wonderful free courses from Hillsdale. Begin your free Hillsdale College course today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. The greatest increases are in food, transportation, and rent. These are kind of basics, aren't they, Mr. Producer? Food, transportation, and rent. Not mink coats, not jewelry, food, transportation, and rent. And you know what? With their foot on the throat of our oil companies, this is going to get a lot worse for a long time before it gets better. These fools are doing exactly the wrong thing. Exactly the wrong thing as they celebrate themselves. Everybody knows you don't spend more government money and borrow more money and print more money in the face of inflation. Everybody knows that. But they're driven by ideology. They're on the move. They got to enact whatever they can as fast as they can, as broad as they can, as expansive as possible. As they hold on to Congress by the skin of their teeth. It'll be up to you. Whether you put an end to this or not, it's going to be up to you. No candidate's perfect out there, but anybody's better than this. And of course, the uh, stock market tanked. All the indexes tanked. You know why? Because they see what's coming. So Joe Biden used to blame Putin. Now he's blaming the Republicans. But Joe Biden did this. He and this pea brain of his. Just four months ago, the Fed interest rate, that is the rate in which it loaned money to banks, was zero. It's now 4%. But it's not 4% to you. It's 4% to the banks. And you haven't even seen yet what they're doing to the supply of fossil fuels. It's a disaster. When you have industries that have heavy research and development like pharmaceutical companies 
or a heavy capital investment like oil companies, the consequences of decisions today really aren't felt in full for a couple of years. You're feeling some of it now, but the full brunt of it takes a little while. That's why the markets are tanking. Because they see that this is going to persist. They see that while you, the American people, who break your ass to take care of your family, to put money aside, you're going to have 90,000 more IRS agents chasing you. But even more, these investors, these financial gurus, they see a White House that is celebrating in the face of this. They see a Congress that passed this most irresponsible spending and borrowing. They see a president who violates the Constitution of the, by issuing effectively $10,000 checks to the wealthiest Americans to help them pay down their loans to schools. Not only is that unconstitutional, that's another trillion dollars or so pouring into the economy, being printed, printed, printed. So when you see the price of gasoline go up, bread, eggs, the price of everything going up, that's why. Because there's an idiot in the White House and idiots in Congress. I'll be back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. You know, folks, aren't you sick and tired of this president lying to you? You see the prices at the grocery store. You see many of the shelves at the grocery store. There's still not enough baby formula there, but the media is not covering it. And other things are starting to disappear. And then we have a potential U.S. rail strike. Reuters, the White House, today made contingency plans seeking to ensure deliveries of critical goods in the event of a shutdown of the U.S. rail system, while again pressing railroads and unions to reach a deal to avoid a work stoppage affecting freight and passenger service. Does anybody remember any of this happening during the Trump presidency? A possible railroad strike? Supply chain issues? Does anybody remember this? Wide open borders and all the consequences from that? I mean, gasoline was low and plentiful. I mean, what's going on today is man-made. It's made by the Democrat Party. They have absolutely no compassion despite all their propaganda, the propaganda of their surrogates in the media, the corrupt media. They don't give a damn about you. They are parting tonight. Joe Biden is flying back 
to Delaware for one hour and flying back at a cost of nearly $200,000. Do you know why he's doing it, Mr. Producer? Because he forgot to vote last week. He's doing his early voting in, in the Delaware primary tonight. Where they're voting today, tonight. So he flew back to vote. This is how callous they are. That's your money. There's a half a million dollar wall built around his home in Rehoboth Beach. One of his many estates. You paid for that too. You paid for his effort to buy votes with young people with the damn student loan crap. And the the sickening irony is your kids and grandkids are going to be paying for that for generations. He's the opposite of Robin Hood. He's just a hood. You cannot trust this man, and he lies all the time. You know what the price of fuel is. You know what the price of bread is. You know whether it's easy or difficult to find a certain food. You see what's taking place with rent, with interest rates, and all the rest. All of this was avoidable. All of it. And it's going to get worse. Because much of the money they have passed on spending, even COVID-19 months ago, hasn't been spent yet. So it hasn't worked its way into the economy. The last $1.8 trillion they voted on two weeks ago, another $1.8 trillion with the student loan and the Build Back Better crap. That hasn't worked its way into the economy yet. Can you imagine all these trillions floating around in the economy? And what happens is, what happens is, prices go up. There's too much paper. In effect, that's what it is, but too much paper. Now, the only people who can print money, or the equivalent of it today, digital, but you get my point, who can print money? are the feds. States can't do it. You can't do it. Big oil can't do it. Big tampon can't do it. Trade unions can't do it. Nobody can print money but the feds. And now you're facing these problems. You know, our farmers told us three months ago, we can't plant as much as we planted a year ago. It's approximately 20% less. When they start harvesting, and what happens is less food shows up at your grocery store, your supermarket, you're going to see the consequences then. It'll be after the election. And now no doubt he'll blame Putin. This is very, very important to understand. And you need to understand, you in the states that have Senate races, and all of you have House races, Every Democrat voted for this. Every single one. Every one of them. Every single one of them running around claiming to be moderates. Or we don't want to talk about Joe. They don't want to talk about Joe. Talk about them. They did this to you. They did it to you. This was unnecessary. And at the same time, Biden's trying to take out Trump. I'm not buying this anymore that it's coming up from the bottom up. I think Biden is a, is a corrupt, hack politician. He spent his whole life in Washington. He became a multimillionaire using his, his son, his doped-up son, 
his porno son as the front man. And they got millions and millions and millions, as Peter Schweitzer says, that family's gotten over $30 million from these governments, including the communist Chinese. Do you think this guy, Biden, who's always wanted to be president, who will do anything to hold on to power, who will trash you as fascists, do you think he's going to sit there with his big fat mouth closed when he has the power of the Department of Justice? Why do you think Merrick Garland hasn't recused himself? Why do you think Merrick Garland hasn't recused himself? So he can have his hand in this. So he can very carefully watch. Because they want to take out Trump. It's that simple. It doesn't matter. Papers, classified. It doesn't matter. January 6th, 40 subpoenas. 140 subpoenas, subpoenas, whatever the hell it takes, whatever it takes. I want you to listen very, very carefully. Joe Biden is a pathological, serial, unhinged liar. Unhinged. And I want you to listen to this. This is today. Cut 17, go. With this law, the American people won and special interests lost. Say it again. The American people won and special interests lost. Folks, we're going to lower prescription drug costs, lower health insurance costs, lower energy costs for millions of families. I want to take the most aggressive action ever, ever, ever to confront the climate crisis and increase our energy security ever in the whole world. And that's not hyperbole. That's a fact. Mm -hmm. It's not hyperbole. It's a fact. Boy, we have a man who is so mentally ill. Cut 18, go. This bill will lower the deficit. This bill alone is going to lower the deficit by $300 billion over the next decade. There's not a single reputable economic modeling organization. I looked all day. University or typical experts in this field who believe that to be the case. Not one. Not one. Go ahead. Because it's going to charge, pay less for prescription drugs. The prescription drug thing kicks in in four years. That's number one. And number two, we've discussed this at length. If you put a cap on the price of uh, McDonald's hamburgers, McDonald's is going to go out of business, and they're not going to be selling hamburgers anymore. And the development of drugs are a lot more complicated than flipping hamburgers at McDonald's. You look at rent controls all over the country. Look at them in New York, among other places. And see how that impacts. How that impacts the market. Go ahead. Above the $350 billion we reduced the deficit my first year. $350 billion reduction. Nobody agrees with that. Nobody. 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 Unless these 87,000 IRS agents he hires report to Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, and he unleashes them on all your bank accounts, on all your pensions, 
Go ahead. And for this, for this fiscal year, a trillion five hundred billion dollar reduction in the deficit. Nobody knows where he gets that from. How do you spend trillions more than anybody in human history and reduce the deficit by one and a half trillion dollars? Math was not his big subject. Of course, nothing was his big subject. But how do you do that? You don't. Go ahead. So I don't want to hear it anymore about big spending Democrats. We spend, but we pay. No, you don't. All right, let me prove to you what a complete and utter liar this man is. We used to do this in the past, but a reminder is necessary right now. We're less than 60 days before an absolutely historically crucial election. NBC News, 1987, cut 20, go. While at Syracuse Law School, Biden was involved in a plagiarism incident. He quoted five pages of someone else's work without proper citation. He was given an F, but appealed to the faculty and allowed to repeat the course. He got a B. This comes in the middle of another controversy about plagiarism and Biden's campaign speeches. Today, he dismissed charges that he routinely adopts phrases from other politicians' speeches, called it much ado about nothing. Essentially, Biden said, everyone does it. The notion that every thought or notion or idea you have to go back and find and attribute to someone, I think is, quite frankly, uh, ludicrous. But to the political community in Washington, it all seems of a piece. Plagiarism at law school, plagiarism on the stump, for example. But this standard is not a measure of how we can evaluate the condition of our society. It cannot measure the health of our children, the quality of our education, the joy of their play. This is how it sounded when Robert Kennedy said those words in 1968. Yet the gross national product does not allow for the health of our children the quality of their education for the joy of their play. Biden gave Kennedy no credit. He did the same with Neil Canuck, who was the head of the Labor Party in Britain. See, then we had a real media, not just Trump haters who all need uh, psychiatric exams. Then in 1988, there was this. Cut 21, go. I, I think I probably have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. In the first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school, and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only need 123 credits, and I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. Do you realize everything he said there was a bald-faced lie? I'm telling you, he's sick. But he's always been a mental case. It's unbelievable. Every single thing he said there is a lie. A provable lie. So we don't need to go to ancient history. We can go to more, more recent history. Just in the last 10 years or so. Cut 22 ago. And it happens to be, as Barack says, a three-letter word. Jobs. J-O-B-S. Jobs. I mean, you got the first sort of mainstream African-American. Yeah. 
who is articulate and bright and, and, and clean and a nice-looking guy. I mean, it's, that's a storybook, man. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go. You know the you know the thing. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. And you don't know my state. My state was a slave state. My state is a border state. My state is the eighth largest black population in the country. My state is anything from a northeast liberal state. I, I'm not going to be a mule. I, 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 I got something to do. I got to go do boom, boom, boom. Chuck Graham, state senator's here. Chuck, stand up, Chuck. Let him see you. Oh, God love you. What am I talking about? I tell you what, you're making everybody else stand up, though, pal. Thank you very, very much. I tell you what, stand up for Chuck. A man who will be the next president of the United States, Barack America. His mom uh, lived in uh, in Long Island for 10 years or so. Uh, God rest her soul. And uh, um, although she's, wait, your mom's still, your mom's still alive as your dad passed. God bless her soul. Because we cannot get reelect, we cannot win this reelection. Excuse me, we can only re-elect Donald Trump. At any rate, uh, the fact is that, uh, um, I already forgot what the hell I was going to say. I want to be clear, I'm not going nuts. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, and to get hot, I got a lot of, I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. They'd look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and international effort to pressure. Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. Kleptocracy and club, the guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> we the people. That's how our constitution starts, or the declaration. Somewhere between 700 billion and a trillion, 300 million billion dollars. We'll always honor the bravery and selfishness, selflessness. Now, when President Harris and I. And it goes on and on, a liar, a mental midget, utterly unhinged. And now he's in charge of the economy and the border. In our national security. Folks, you were fooled once by the media, by the labor groups, by the billionaire businessmen, by the Democrat Party. They all came together. We read that piece where they were bragging. Well, now we're not fooled anymore. This man needs to be sent back to Rehoboth Beach where he can have a restful few years as the mental midget that he is. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In a world full of takers, Pure Talk wants to give you something. That's right. Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, they're takers. 
They take too much of your money every month for way more data than you're ever going to need. Pure Talk, which is my cell company, gives you choices. Only pay for the data you need. That's how the average family saves over 75 bucks every single month. With Pure Talk, it's easy to find the right plan for you and your family. Unlimited talk, text, and choose from data plans from 2 gigs per month to unlimited with a mobile hotspot. All on America's most reliable 5G network. And here's an Another something else Pure Talk is going to give you. This month, when you switch to Pure Talk, you pay for month one, and Pure Talk will give you month two for free. So do this. Just go to puretalk.com, choose your plan, then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And check out and get your second month free. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast to switch to my company, Pure Talk. left eye is a little cloudy here, Mr. Producer. It got the needle today. How much time do we have here? One minute. People think I'm falling apart. I'm not falling apart. They're putting me back together again. Right, Mr. Producer? Oh, yes. We've got a while left on our contract, you know. I'm going to honor our contracts. That we will do. So, folks, you get to make the decision. We've got a lot to get into after the bottom of the hour. Not much time in this segment now, but I'm just telling you. The Democrat Party is destroying public schools. They and their union buddies. They're destroying the classroom. They're destroying our communities. With open borders, the drugs flowing in, and the criminals flowing in. They're destroying our health care. It's being overwhelmed. 4.8 million illegal aliens, ladies and gentlemen, in 21 months. We've never seen anything like this before. And a massive inflation, because these guys spend like Marxists, drunken Marxists. I'll be right back. In a world full of takers, Pure Talk wants to give you something. That's right. Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, they're takers. They take too much of your money every month for way more data than you're ever going to need. Pure Talk, which is my cell company, gives you choices. Only pay for the data you need. That's how the average family saves over 75 bucks every single month. With Pure Talk, it's easy to find the right plan for you and your family. Unlimited talk, text, and choose from data plans from 2 gigs per month to unlimited with a mobile hotspot. All on America's most reliable 5G network. And here's an another something else pure talk is going to give you this month when you switch to pure talk you pay for month one and pure talk will give you month two for free so do this just go to puretalk.com choose your plan then enter promo code levin podcast that's l-e-v-i-n podcast and check out and get your second month free go to puretalk.com enter promo code levin podcast to switch to my company pure talk when the going gets tough a tough get. Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Loudoun County, Virginia, as you know, is ground zero for this parents' rights movement that is spread across the country. I could not be prouder of you parents out there. Now, you might think the parents have gone underground. They have not gone underground. There was just a huge event 
outside of the Loudoun County Public School Building, the headquarters of the educational bureaucrats. There are largely two camps, if I might call it that, one that believes in quality education for their children, another that believes in indoctrinating the children of parents without parents knowing with sexuality, racism, and the like. I had a first-hand witness who was there, my wife. And she spoke there briefly, as did others. And the, the pro-quality education group was about twice the size as the other group it had come. No doubt at the instigation of the school district and the union. Um, so there were twice as many. There were speakers there. And I understand it was very enthusiastic, very vigorous, very civil. And then they're going to join at the school board meeting and go into the meeting. And they are continuing their battle against critical race theory. Now, something is happening out there. They're renaming critical race theory. Cultural something or other. Because they think you're stupid. And this is what Marxists do. They take the language, they take our words, and they abuse them. To conceal their real purpose. So cultural something or other is what they're calling critical race theory with the CRT. And of course all this sexuality stuff is teaching health. Um, the, the dad, you might remember, who protested that his daughter had been raped and was violently thrown to the ground and shut off by the school board some time ago, and you all saw that on video, in front of a Loudoun County judge, the judge ruled that the district attorney, the Commonwealth's attorney they're called in Virginia, who won by like uh, 12 votes and was funded with half a million dollars or so by George Soros. He threw her off the case and said there needs to be a, uh, a special counsel, a special prosecutor, which will be appointed to replace her. You can see victories here if you fight. Victories. So this, the Loudoun County parents were spearheading something called Erased Rally, E-R-A-C-E-D. In other words, erase racism, which is what critical race theory is, in order to resist the CRT in schools. And by the way, I want to salute the circuit judge in Loudoun County who made that ruling, James Plowman. He's a former DA. He's a straight-up guy. The Virginia Supreme Court about 10 days ago had to rule that there could be a grand jury probe into the Loudoun County School sexual assault. So they won in the Virginia Supreme Court to allow the probe. They won in the circuit court where the judge removed the radical Soros DA who wasn't doing her job and is going to replace her with a special prosecutor. They were out there today rallying against 
the insanity that's being imposed on our children in the classroom. And this, Loudoun County is a wealthy county. The taxes, property taxes are through the roof. So the erased rally had a significant number of people, and these are just parents organizing this. Brandon Showalter at the Christian Post, building on the momentum of parental pushback of public school districts nationwide, a coalition of parents are planning a rally, in fact did a rally, a big rally, to resist the implementation of critical race theory in their children's public schools. Now what else they did is they brought 1,700 books The kind of books that many of you read as kids. 1,700 books, they said, for the library. None of which was pornographic. None of which was pornographic. Contributing them to the library. We contributed books from my father and a couple from me as well, but... Let's see if the school district takes them up on it. Now this is what you have to do to take back your town, your school system, your local school, the classroom. This is what you have to do. You have to be persistent. And I might add the neighboring county, which is even larger, Fairfax County, the parents have and are organizing there. It's a heavily Democrat county, a heavily Democrat school board, like the rest of them, that encircle Washington, D.C. But this really isn't a party issue for many of us. For the Democrat Party it is, and for the union it is. But not for most of us. Although I guess it is at this point, isn't it? There's one party that stands for this stuff and one party that stands against it. So they have a coalition of parents groups. They're getting better and better organized. You've got anonymous teachers in the Loudoun County School District who are forced into these training seminars. Several of them reject it. Several of them. They're pushing that one race is superior to another, meaning one is inferior to another. There's an executive order by Governor Youngkin that precludes this kind of education, but the local schools are ignoring it, for the most part. They're ignoring it. And so, as I say, they're changing the name of critical race theory. So they can say, we're not teaching critical race theory. We're teaching cultural, you know, whatever it is. Is that what it is? Culturally responsive teaching. That's the new name. Thank you, Mr. Producer. My wife had told me I forgot. Culturally responsive teaching. Culturally responsive teaching. You folks going to buy that? Or responsible teaching, I should say. Culturally responsible teaching. So they're going to not, they're renaming it. And yet, I thought they weren't teaching critical race theory. Why do you have to rename it? Remember? Many of the people who participated at this rally today were racial minorities. How do I know? Because people could see that they're racial minorities and they were proud about it. 
In fact, the pastor who spoke at this rally, as I understand it, from the largest church in the whole county, is, I believe, an African-American. And, look, people don't want their kids taught hate. They don't want their kids taught racism. Those that do shouldn't be calling the shots. They shouldn't be running the unions. They shouldn't be running the school districts. They shouldn't be the superintendents. That's the truth. Now, among the groups there, Army of Parents, Fight for Schools, Moms for Liberty, and the pastor I was talking about, and if I mispronounce his name, I apologize. He's a college football player turned pastor, John Amachakuwu, A-M-A-N-C-H-U-K-W-U. And we need more pastors, priests, rabbis, whomever, speaking out against the destruction of our schools. So uh, they have, as I say, collected 1,700 books uh, in a book drive that are being donated to Loudoun County Public School Libraries. And they called their book drive, This, Not That, Return to Literacy. They want to do something positive. This is important. This is fantastic, don't you think, Mr. Producer? Every school district in America, there should be going on. Every school district in America. And only you can do it from the bottom up. We need the parents and we need the taxpayers. It's not going to come from the RNC or the state affiliates or any of that. It's going to come from you. You can make a difference. I trust you will make a difference. Because the country's gone to hell. All hands on deck. The country's gone to hell. All hands on deck. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In a world full of takers, Pure Talk wants to give you something. That's right. Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, they're takers. They take too much of your money every month for way more data than you're ever going to need. Pure Talk, which is my cell company, gives you choices. Only pay for the data you need. That's how the average family saves over 75 bucks every single month. With Pure Talk, it's easy to find the right plan for you and your family. Unlimited talk, text, and choose from data plans from 2 gigs per month to unlimited with a mobile hotspot. All on America's most reliable 5G network. And here's an Another something else Pure Talk is going to give you. This month, when you switch to Pure Talk, you pay for month one, and Pure Talk will give you month two for free. So do this. Just go to puretalk.com, choose your plan, then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And check out and get your second month free. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast to switch to my company, Pure Talk. You know, folks, first of all, I'm blessed to have you out there. But as you know, I don't go with the crowd. I don't even know who's in the crowd. I've never been with the crowd. Not as a teenager, not as a young adult, and not now. I don't kiss anybody's butt, and I don't expect mine to be kissed either. 
Now, what am I saying? I would guess that 98% of people on television and behind a microphone who claim to be conservatives either back Putin's Russia against Ukraine or oppose us providing armaments to Ukraine so those people can defend themselves. It's a strange damn thing. Russia has nuclear missiles aimed at us. Russia is an alliance with Iran that wants nuclear missiles aimed at us. Russia and China are closer than ever, not thanks to us, thanks to them. And yet Ukraine is the enemy. Or at best, we should pretend that the invasion of Ukraine hasn't taken place and isn't taking place. And now we call it our forever war. How is it our forever war? Well, we keep giving them support. Ladies and gentlemen, we have alliances. We have to keep supporting alliances to protect us. To protect America. And to protect our interests all around the world. Now, if your concern is maybe we're spending too much or the money's not being properly tracked, then say so. I can, I can buy into that. But if you're saying it's none of our business, I can't buy into that. No, I can't. And every situation is not the same. The people of Ukraine obviously want to be free. They're obviously putting their lives on the line. There are no American troops there or anybody else's troops there. They are fighting their own war. And now it turns out they're pushing the Russians out of their country. That's a good thing, ladies and gentlemen. The Iranians should see this. The communist Chinese should see this. They should all see it. We've had cycles in our history in this country where we've been pacifists. And the outcome has always been we have come under withering attack and we're not prepared. If you're saying to me, we have a horrific commander-in-chief, you won't get an argument out of me. Or that we have some of the weakest heads of the military in American history, you won't get an argument out of me. But that's no reason for us to surrender. That's no reason for the Ukrainians to surrender against a genocidal maniac. Now I say this as somebody whose ancestry is largely Russian, by the way. Some Ukrainian too. Some Finnish, believe it or not. I don't know what the hell they've done. But nonetheless, there you have it. So I'm not going along with the crowd. Where there are throwaway lines on Zelensky and Ukraine and all the rest. Quite the contrary. Quite the contrary. Charlie Crist. This guy is a chameleon. He was a Republican. He was an Independent. He was a Democrat. And now, he thinks he's Jesus Christ. You think I'm kidding? He thinks he's Jesus Christ. 
When we come back, I'm going to prove it to you. I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask you a question. Did you know withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government. And they report any behavior they think is suspicious. It's true. And I was shocked when I read the secret war on cash from Swiss America. The new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. So you need to read the war on cash. Get your free copy by calling 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. Now, this war on cash is growing daily and also includes all forms of digital money. Please get and read The Secret War on Cash free to my listeners by calling now, 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Welcome, America. Mark Levin here. And by the way, the attacks on DeSantis are heating up from the phony media at Variety. Did you know Variety still exists? Why? I mean, why? And then when they try to put their toe into politics, it's pretty hilarious. But the attacks on DeSantis are starting, America's governor. He's running against a reprobate by the name of Charlie Crist. Charlie Crist has been a Republican, an Independent, and a Democrat. Now that in and of itself it happens. Donald Trump had, you know, positions with various parties. But that said, Charlie Crist is settled on being a left-wing kook. And uh, apparently has a history of comparing himself to Jesus Christ. Fox News reports, Aubrey Spatty. And he's calling uh, DeSantis de Satan. To Satan. That's how sick these people are. You're fascists. You're Satan. Well, Mark, you call names. I'm not running for anything. Period. So this is from yesterday. You have it ready, Mr. Producer? Let's take a listen. Go ahead. And you want to know what the colors are? Look at that sign right there. Mm-hmm. You see the colors, the blue and the yellow? Does that remind you of any country that's in the news right now? Yeah, we're fighting for freedom, too. We're fighting for freedom, too. And, and Zelensky, President Zelensky, is amazing. Amazing, Renee, you mentioned it. And, and the courage and the strength and the decency that he shows. This is an election about decency, about being decent to one another, about being kind to everyone. It, it's called a Florida for all. Oh, really? And really, is that why you uh, you embrace Biden the way you do? Decency for everybody, ladies and gentlemen. And I don't know about you, but when you want decency, you embrace the party of Black Lives Matter and Antifa. That's right. You embrace the party of Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi. That's the party you embrace when you're looking for decency. Go ahead. 
on the other side and the uniter over here. You know, some people call him the Satan. <laughs> Have you heard that? Uh, indeed it is. I'm trying to be nice. The Satan versus that. Oh, think about it. Boom. Christ. The Satan versus Christ. Representative Charlie Crist, he's ex-representative, he resigned, taking on uh, DeSantis, has made several biblical references while speaking to potential voters in recent events, referring to his Republican opponent as DeSatan, and himself as Christ. And while speaking at Sally O'Brien's in Key West, Chris made a peculiar comparison of DeSantis burning books and the devil being reincarnated. He then asked his supporters whether they knew about DeSantis' nickname, as you just heard. You know, some people call him DeSatan. Now, Chris is a former governor of Florida who's attempting the to take the governor's mansion again. He said the race is the Satan. The Satan pointing to one of his campaign sides. Several people in the audience shouted Christ. And he responded, think about that. Boom. Boom, meaning yes, he is. In a video that DeSantis campaign highlighted on social media, Christ also compared himself to Vladimir Zelensky. As you know, president of Ukraine. I compare him to Professor Erwin Corey, the late comic. The mealy-mouthed late comic. Now let me tell you something. I'm a new resident of Florida, although we've had a home there for 10 years. And my parents were residents there for maybe 30 years. People are moving to Florida. Florida is the freest place on earth. It's not just the freest state. It's the freest place on earth. The freest place in America, the freest place on earth. Can you think of another? They have no state income tax. Their regulations are very reasonable and not overwhelming. They welcome people into their state if the folks in particular embrace freedom and opportunity under a fantastic governor who doesn't just talk, but he acts. He does things. He took on Biden. He took on Fauci. Why do you think the hapless loser of a supposed governor in California keeps trying to pick a fight with DeSantis? He's pushing electric cars, he's banning gas cars while they're running out of electricity. Oh, that's a great bumper sticker right there. So they're turning on DeSantis. They have to attack DeSantis. Just in case, you know. We go right down the line, we have to destroy these people. That's the way the media operate, that's the way the Democrats operate. But I don't think it's going to work, do you? I don't think it's going to work at all. But to have a candidate who keeps comparing himself to Jesus Christ, what is it with these Democrats? What did they do? Did they, uh, they open up uh, old St. Elizabeth's and let the, uh, 
Let the patients out? Dress them up in dresses and suits? Call them Democrats? And run them for office all over the country, starting with Biden? Is that what they did? One is more of a crackpot than the next one. Or let me put it this way. One of them is more of a scumbag than the next one. Am I allowed to use that language on air, Mr. Producer? No, 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 not scumbag. Next one. Am I allowed to say that on the air? But that's what we're talking about here. This guy, he's Christ. Now, you know Biden thinks he's, uh, he's Moses. And, of course, Nancy Pelosi thinks, what is she? What is she? Yeah, she thinks she's Mother Teresa. Mother, but not Teresa, if you ask me. And there is uh, there's Schumer. Constantly davening up and down, up and down. The guy's got some kind of an issue there. No, he's not saying a prayer. He's not a rabbi. He's a, he's a, he's a wank chop. All right, we'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Well, it's a pleasure to have Senator Marsha Blackburn on the program from Tennessee. Senator, how are you? I'm doing well, and I'm delighted to join you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, you were recently in the Middle East, in Israel. We have a situation with Iran here where our regime, our government, is uh, trying to pacify them, bending over backwards. They obviously have broken every rule, and they're speeding towards the development of a nuclear weapon. And many people think they're already there. They just have to figure out how how to get it on the tip of a missile. And this administration looks like it's going to help them. And circumvent Congress. So Congress won't even have a say. What do you make of this? It is astounding to me that this administration would try to go back into an Iran nuclear deal. Uh, They know that this would be detrimental to Israel. Israel is very concerned about this. And they know that Iran is trying to enrich uranium to the point that they are just shy of being able to have that nuclear warhead. So why would you embolden someone who is your adversary? Why would you embolden someone who is the world's largest state sponsor of terrorism? Why would you lift sanctions on them so that they have billions of dollars to spend on that terrorist activity by funding the proxies who carry out their work? And why would you have the Russians, of all people, negotiating with the Iranians to achieve this deal. And I have been encouraged that uh, Israel is very forthright in pushing back on all of this. They are encouraging this administration not to move forward with Iran. And I've also been encouraged that Senator Menendez had said, if there is any kind of deal that is reached, it will have to come to the Senate Foreign Affairs Committee for hearings, and then it would have to go to a vote 
in the Senate. And quite frankly, I don't think that you would see the votes there. But, Mark, the point is, it is astounding to think that looking at the what I call the new axis of evil, Russia, Iran, China, and North Korea, that this administration would take an action that would embolden the world's largest state sponsor of terrorism. Yeah, and given the record of this administration uh, with Afghanistan, which was such a, a disgrace and in the inhumanity that has followed from there, um, what is motivating these people? I, I mean, I don't even understand. Don't they see what we see? It's hard for me to imagine why they think this is a good idea. It is just beyond me. And like you said, can they not see the things that we see? They all have Internet. They all have TV. They had to see the debacle in Afghanistan. And they have to know that weakness and appeasement emboldens our adversaries. They have to know that. Mm -hmm. And yet they continue to make decisions that give more power to the Chinese Communist Party, that embolden the Iranians, that embolden the Russians, because Joe Biden is perceived as being weak. And when your leader is perceived as being weak, what happens? The bullies are going to push him as far as far as they can possibly push him. Let's move to some other areas, too. Uh, China and Taiwan. Uh, you were recently in Taiwan. And uh, what did you learn yeah. there? What I learned is that when you talk about a partner of choice, that is the United States. When the China, when the Taiwanese people talk about someone to help them defend themselves, and I think this is important. They want to execute foreign military sales with the United States so that they have the ability, the defense capability to protect themselves. They're looking at an asymmetric battle posture, if you will, and being able to pull together what is necessary to defend themselves, land, air, and sea, and protect their country. You know, one thing that struck me, Mark, is that Taiwan considers themselves to be an independent country. And they wish we would recognize that independence, just like we have recognized the independence of some of the countries that broke away from the Soviet Union mm -hmm. and exercised their independence. But Taiwan has a founding father, a constitution, a president, a parliament. They have a military. They have a flag. And they want that recognition from the U.S., and they want the U.S. to be their partner of choice. And, you know, people don't understand. Taiwan has not been a part of mainland China for a very, very long time. I mean, prior to uh, Mao and the Communist Revolution, it was the Japanese that pretty much controlled Formosa at the time. So China's reaching way back, aren't they, Senator? Yes, they are indeed, and they're trying to exercise that right, just like they did to Hong Kong. And quite honestly, when I was in the Indo-Pacific, and uh, before I went into Taiwan, I had gone into Fiji and the Solomon Islands and Papua New Guinea, 
and met with their prime ministers and leadership and our country teams and, you know, various and different ones of the islands. And um, what you hear is they consider traditional partners to be Australia, New Zealand, and the United States. And we have seen an erosion of that in the Solomon Islands with the leadership, current leadership in the Solomon Islands becoming cozy with the Chinese Communist Party. But everyone would say, you know, we're concerned about Taiwan. We feel like that if China overruns Taiwan, they would overrun us. And so these Pacific Island nations are really quite concerned. And they want to see a strong U.S. They want the pushback to the Chinese Communist Party. They want to preserve their independence. Mm-hmm. And um, let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, the domestic situation here at home. We get this terrible inflation report. The stock market, all the indexes tanked. I mean, they lost 4 to 5% in one day, uh, which is significant. And um, they keep spending money, the Democrats. They spent another $1.8 trillion, the $800 billion plus the student loan debacle. And they're having a party over there at the White House, praising themselves for getting inflation down, spending more, borrowing more, printing more, which they say will get inflation Hello? down. Yeah. Can you hear me okay? Can she hear me, Mr. Producer? Or are we go on at that again. All right, we're going to try and get her back. I don't know why this happens. I think somebody's messing with us. I don't mean the senator. All right, we'll try and get her back. But you understand the question, folks, right? That the Democrat Party is parting. And I think they're parting because you're suffering. And they have more power, and they have the media, so they think anything they can do can be spun. And anybody that stands up against them, they think they've effectively sort of pigeonholed them as fascists or something else. And I'm guessing, I don't know, but I think on election day they're for a rude awakening. Senator, are you there? I am here. I apologize to you. We have... uh, East German equipment, so we need to replace it from time to time. Uh, so, so my question to you is, if we can hold you over the break, I would appreciate it. I don't know what your schedule sure. is. But my question to you is, there they are. The Democrats are partying like it's New Year's Eve and happy hour over there at the White House. Every single Democrat voted for inflation. Every single Democrat voted for recession to drive up the cost of food and energy and housing and everything else. And they're having a party, and Joe Biden today has blamed it on the Republicans. Any problems are obviously Putin and the Republicans. So my question to you is, isn't that party cruising for a bruising in November if the Republicans know how to articulate their opposition to what's taking place here? That is my question to you. We will be right back with Senator Marsha Blackburn. 
Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. Back with Senator Marsha Blackburn. Uh, Senator Blackburn, why are the Democrats celebrating when they have driven inflation through the roof? Well, this is all intentional for them. What they are seeking to do is radically transform this country. They have that socialist agenda. That means that they want more government control, and they want to be the ones in charge. So this is all very intentional for them. You know, they declared war on energy on day one, killing the Keystone Pipeline. They've moved forward with shutting down fracking, can't drill over in Alaska and offshore, and mm-hmm. they've given out fewer leases than any administration in history to drill on federal lands. So this is all a part of their process that they're going through. You have to go through this pain, they say, in order to get to what they call utopia, which is the Green New Deal, a green economy. And they are going to continue to double down on this. When you think about their greatest hits, look at what they've done, the highest inflation in 40 years, the highest price at the pump ever. When you look at the fact that you've got an out-of-control FBI, an out-of-control DOJ, out-of-control government spending, and then the open border, which has a whole basket of problems that come through drugs, fentanyl. You look at the way those drugs get into gangs, the way the gangs are carrying out crime on the streets. You have unprecedented crime. You've got the defund the police movement. This is Joe Biden's America. And they are celebrating that they are doing this to you, the American people, because it pushes them along their goal. 87,000 new IRS agents to go take money from small businesses. They're all for it. Uh, Student loan forgiveness for the wealthy. You know, the majority of student loans are held by people with advanced college degrees. Mm -hmm. And so what you're doing is making a gift to the wealthy there and pushing another seven 
$50 billion into the economy? They think that's just fine. This is ridiculous that they think the solution to high inflation is to go spend more money. They actually think cranking up the printing presses and printing out more $1,000 bills is a good thing to do, and Mm -hmm. they're planning to do it. Senator, uh, I don't have firsthand knowledge, but there's a report out that Mr. Pillow, Mike Lindell, says the FBI stopped him at a Hardee's in Minnesota today and seized his phone. Are you concerned about the extent to which Merrick Garland, and he hasn't recused himself, and the FBI are going after citizens of this country, including Donald Trump, in the way they're doing it, with a massive number of subpoenas and so forth. They keep talking about election interference and... I mean, I, I don't know the line between election interference and the Constitution here, and neither do they, but I've never seen anything like this. I've never heard of anything like this, just grabbing everyone and anything they possibly can, and they're grabbing all their iPhones. I mean, do you think, are you concerned about the weaponizing of, of law enforcement with less than 60 days to go before the midterm elections? I think this concerns every everyone, and I know people that work with the FBI that work hard every day and are people of integrity. And what concerns me is the politicized nature. It seems like there's a political cabal within the FBI that are using the FBI, the Department of Justice, and their power to come against people who disagree with them politically. And of course, that should concern every single one of us. The manner they went about with the raid at Mar-a-Lago or the fact that they conducted a raid at all. Mm. Why didn't they continue to work with the former president and work through this process? Why did they let Hillary Clinton off after she bleached bidded 33,000 emails, had all of those uh, classified documents on it, as did Uma, as did others involved. And then you had James Comey, who leaked classified documents through a source to the New York Times. You have Hunter Biden and his laptop. Nothing's happening to any of these individuals. Nobody is crashing through their home, breaking down the door, grabbing phones, uh, going through their closets and their storage. There is a different way to handle this. And when I talk to Tennesseans, the manner in which the FBI and the Department of Justice are conducting this is of tremendous concern to them. It is incredibly unsettling. And, Mark, you know, one of the things that they will say is, look, I'm a small business owner. If they get these 87,000 IRS agents, I know they'll be coming after people like me or the business next to me on Main Street or me. They are quite concerned about this because they know the billionaires are going to have a phalanx of um, of attorneys and accountants who will protect them. 
but it is the mom and pops and the little guys that don't have accountants and attorneys. And they're the ones that are going to get tied up with these audits from the IRS. You know, as an old justice guy, I'm very concerned about what's going on here. And I don't understand how the Attorney General of the United States has refused to recuse himself at this point by focusing on a potential candidate against his boss, the former candidate against his boss, the former president. And in most states, Senator, you may know this, under the rules of professional conduct, as they're typically called, the appearance of a conflict is considered um, an ethical violation. Now, there's an appearance of a conflict here. We know this attorney general is monitoring every single thing, including the initial, uh, in my view, unconstitutional search warrant that violated the Fourth Amendment requiring particularity. And now the, they leak like a sieve over there at the Justice Department while they say they're concerned about uh, these documents at Mar-a-Lago. Well, nobody leaked even the existence of them, but now we, we, we read these leaks in the Washington Post and the New York Times, to me, which is a felony. And so um, the American people, particularly those who are not, you know, straight radical Democrats, uh, that is, vote straight radical Democrat, the American people are pretty sick and tired of this. They saw what happened with the dossier. They saw what happened on the Russia collusion issue. They saw what happened with members of the FBI. They see they're taking sides. They've read their text messages. They've read their emails. I think a lot of people are really furious about what's taking place here, no? People are very unsettled about this, and there is an anger and there is a fear. But bear in mind, fearful people are easier to control. Mm. And this is one of their goals as they transform the country into this socialist image. So I think we have to come at it from that point that for them – Fearful, a fearful population is easier to control. They did it in the pandemic with the lockdowns and and the mandates. And we're seeing this with the FBI, with this political cabal within the FBI that is taking these actions that is causing people to say, oh, my goodness, how could this possibly be happen? You know, I was talking to a lady the other day when I was out working. I visit with all 95 counties in Tennessee every year. And she made a good point. She had voted for Biden. She had not supported President Trump. She considers herself an independent. She thought Joe Biden was going to be the old Joe, a moderate kind of go along to get along. And she said, you know, I did not vote for this. If I had wanted this, what we're experiencing and living now, she said, I would have voted for Bernie Sanders. But I didn't. I didn't vote for this. So you've got that buyer's remorse that has moved into being fearful. And she went on to talk about how everything this administration has done, the steps they've taken, have all made her life worse about how furious she was during COVID with the lockdowns from the school and then realizing what was being taught to her grandchildren who she was keeping during COVID, uh, helping a lot with the children. What they were being taught was not history. It was 
revisionist history. It was CRT that uh, the way the children were responded to by um, by teachers over the Zoom school. And we've got a lot of wonderful teachers, but this lady was really surprised with what she was observing because wow, she had assumed that yeah. things would be like she had done them to be. Well, let's hope there's a lot of hers out there. Senator, I want to thank you yeah. for your patriotism and your hard work every day, Marsha Blackburn. And thanks for coming. You you take care of yourself. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. God bless. She's great, isn't she? She really is. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. We have on the phone... Uh, Scott Smith, whose daughter, unfortunately, was the young lady raped at Loudoun County. Scott Smith, first of all, I'm so sorry that you, your daughter, and your family has gone through this with this irresponsible school system. You called in. What did you want to tell the nation, sir? Well, you know, it was funny. Thanks for having me on, Mark. I listen to you quite a bit and have all the respect in the world for you. I, uh, I was actually walking out of the school board meeting tonight. Me and my wife were there speaking, and uh, a buddy of mine called. He said, he said, Mark's talking about you. And I almost thought about getting up and leaving my speaker spot to come out and listen, but oh I, I had to stick in there. As soon as I got out, I gave you a shout. Thank but you. I understand you might have been talking about uh, my big victory this week uh, yes. down by the Judge Plowman. Miss Buddha Bibber, I recused. The Soros prosecutor, that, so-called. Uh, yeah, yeah, that she is. She's Soros prosecuted through, or uh, Soros funded through and through. And she's evil. She, uh, she's done a lot of damage to Loudoun County. And, mm-hmm. you know, I hope, I hope that, you know, everything that I put into this and, you know, the people of Loudoun County have put into this, that hopefully we'll, we'll see her go at the ballot box next How year. How is your daughter doing? She's doing pretty good. Thanks for asking. You know, yeah. it was really nice to have her, you know, away from the school system over the summer so that, you know, we could, you know, really dig into her and spend a lot of time with her. And, and uh, you know, I'm happy to report that, you know, her and I are, you know, best friends and tighter than I ever thought we would be. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's actually been a really, a really, you know, good experience that we made out of such a horrific experience. And it is a horrific experience, and it makes you wonder how much more of this has taken place in that school system, doesn't it? Doesn't make me wonder. Unfortunately, I know. You know, we we um, you know we're privy to a lot of information. You know, throughout these investigations and lawsuits and such, and FOIA's the great the great FOIA's what a what a powerful thing that is, and mm-hmm. you know. My wife and I, we know what they're hiding. And, uh, you know, it's not just what happened to my daughter or, you know, the, 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 the student after my daughter. But it was the, it's, it's all, the, all the unreported, mishandled students and faculty before her. And there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And, 
I think what, that, whatever, whatever happened to this guy? You know, I don't know. Um, you know, basically, he was sent away to an undisclosed place for an undisclosed time to get rehabilitated and get down to the bottom of whatever's wrong with him. Um, you know, which at the time we, we felt real good about. Um, but unfortunately, since we've been privy to information since, you know, we we fear for the worst for the future, especially since Miss Buddha Bibberai, you know, botched the case at the very end and forgot to fill out the proper paperwork motion. And, you know, the judge had to reverse her decision and he's no longer has to be on the adult sexual offender list for life. So who knows? Mm-hmm. It's you're, you are, you're remarkable. Your family's remarkable. A lot of people will quietly sleek away. You obviously have had the opposite reaction, which is, you're going to fight for your daughter, you're going to fight for your family, you're going to fight for the truth, and you're going to fight these bastards on the school board. Is that about right? That's it, my friend, and uh, I won't sleep till it's over. Well, it's an honor to talk to you. I can't thank you enough for calling in any time, okay, Mr. Smith? Hey, I just wanted to let you know, also, I uh, met your wife tonight at the school board uh, rally ahead of time, and you and her for all those books and all the hard work that was put thank you my brother i'll see you tomorrow folks god bless